You're listening to The Melting Podcast, a writing variety show featuring a little of everything from everyone, everywhere. Alrighty. We are, we are already four minutes in, guys. We gotta get started. Let's go. Let's Welcome to The Melting Podcast Live. Yay! Episode... 61? 61. 61. I had had two numbers written down and I had to check. Uh, For those of you who are not familiar with The Melting Podcast, it is a writing variety show where we do all sorts of things with words. I am your head chef, A.F. Grappin. I am your grill mistress, Erin Kazmark. And we just destroy literature in in lots of different ways. (laughs) And Um, then present other people's literature. Yeah. So we're going to get started um, with... We've got everybody here. That's amazing. Um, For those of you who don't know, we do flash fiction, short stories up to 1,500 words based on prompts that we give. Some people like to go outside the box and do longer stories, which we call our main ingredient stories. They don't have to have a prompt. This guy did. So we have a main ingredient story that is based on our prompt number 15. There is an expiration date for your birth certificate. It's only a few days away. So with our special cast, and you have some surround sound in the audience, (laughs) we are going to get started with D.O.D. by Jason Goodman. 2018. The robed and hooded figure did not glide gracefully through the hospital nursery as one might expect. Instead, it moved with hurried yet uncertain steps. The hood constantly seemed to swivel like a mouse who knew there was a cat, but not where it was. If the babies had been awake and alert enough to care, they would have heard the sounds of shuffling paper accompanied by a soft murmuring. Eric Cerullo, December 1st, 2035. Howard Goodman, April 5th, 2070. Kay Blevins, March 15th, 2080. The figure froze, and the hood whipped towards the door as footsteps approached the nursery. It hesitated for a long second before dropping out of sight between two of the cribs just before a nurse entered the room. The nurse checked on the newborn checked on the newborns efficiently, and soon left the room again. The robed figure was visibly trembling as it emerged from the shadows, and it made quick work of finishing its own task before departing the nursery. Beneath the cribs, where the figure had hid, lay a piece of parchment. The document lay unnoticed until a nurse found it and had it filed. 2040 Why do you need a copy of your birth certificate, sir? The clerk asked again. (laughs) Because I need proof of citizenship. Bill explained patiently, amused that this was the exact same conversation he had had with human resources the day before, except the roles were reversed. Apparently... (laughs) New government regulations require my place of employment to obtain birth certificates for all employees in middle and upper managerial roles. The general registrar's office in the county courthouse should be able to provide that for you. Yes, I know! Bill said. (laughs) But there was a flood at the courthouse, and those documents and the servers they were on were all lost. I figured the hospital I was born in would be the next most likely place. After answering more questions along this line, filling out 
some forms getting more forms signed, waiting a few days, resubmitting said forms, and waiting a few more days, Bill's birth certificate arrived in the mail. Bill tore open the plain brown envelope, visions of a future without HR emails dancing in his head. The, cer the certificate looked simple enough. It was printed on thick paper, like he expected, with an official seal of some sort in the lower corner. Bill scanned the fields just to verify it was his name, check, mom and dad's names, check, D-O-B, check, D-O-D. What the heck was D-O-D? Bill flipped the certificate over to check out the glossary on the back. There was date of birth for D-O-B, but where was... Ah, D-O-D was for date of demise. <laughs> Bill put the paper down. Date of demise. That couldn't be correct, could it? His birth certificate actually listed the date he was going to die? This had to be some sort of joke or mistake. Within minutes, Bill was back on the phone with the hospital. I think someone in your hospital is playing a prank on me. He explained the situation to the clerk. I'm going to need to have a replacement FedEx to me as quickly as possible. I uh, am sorry, sir. The clerk apologized, though Bill could swear he heard a chuckle in her voice. We will talk to the person who sent the prank certificate and get a correct one out to you as quickly as possible. Bill definitely heard the clerk start to laugh as the call disconnected. <laughs> Bill felt a laugh of his own bubble up. It was pretty funny, after all. To the hospital's credit, the replacement certificate arrived within the next couple days. Unfortunately, the new certificate still had the date of demise on it. Bill wasn't laughing when he called the hospital this time. Look, he said, I need this paperwork for my HR department. I don't have time to waste with silly pranks. Sir. The clerk wasn't chuckling either. I checked with the supervisor of the records department, and he told me he was going to see to this personally. I assure you there is no prank. I'm sure you're just reading the certificate wrong. I know how to read. <laughs> Verify something for me. The clerk's voice was crisp and formal now, all amusement gone. Is there a seal on the certificate? A raised stamp. I know what a seal is. Bill grumped, finding the embossed gold star in the corner of the certificate. Yes, there is one. Then it is an official document, and nobody is going to risk their job altering an official document for a prank. Bill hung up, fuming. The clerk was obviously just feeding him a line. Or was she? <laughs> Bill's finger traced the outline of the seal. If this was an official document, then what did it mean? Bill wasn't a doctor, and he didn't pay much attention to medical technology. Video games and science fiction were about as far as his technology know-how went. Maybe <laughs> doctors could now estimate someone's death the same way they could estimate someone's birth date. Probably some sort of gene or chromosome test, Bill thought. Like the X-Men have to test for mutants. Bill headed towards his PC to scan the certificate and realized that he'd been so caught up with the, with the certificate's authenticity that he had never even looked at the actual date of demise. As he was laying the certificate on his scanner, Bill glanced at the DOD. Then he stopped, looked at the calendar, looked back at the DOD, looked back at the calendar, <laughs> sat down hard. 
According to the certificate, Bill had a week to live. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, piss on <laughs> That's not, no, that's not it. That's not a line. That, that's not a line. Acting! <laughs> Brilliant! Thank you! It's a character choice. The next day, Bill jumped out of bed, a fire burning in his breast. He'd been up half the night and had finally come to a conclusion about his D.O.D. If Bill was going to die in a week, he was going to live the way he had always wanted to. That wasn't so so crazy, was it? Glancing at his comic collection, Bill firmed his resolve. Bill was going to be a superhero. Making this decision, of course, led to other decisions he needed to make. Name, costume, should he decide how he looked and pick a name that fit, or decide what he should be called and build a costume around that. Bill was still going back and forth with this as he walked to work. He had thought about quitting his job, but he didn't want to leave the department shorthanded. (laughs) They would end up shorthanded in a week anyway, but why make it more difficult for them? At least this way, he could tidy up the projects he was working on. But no overtime. He He promised himself in his Batman voice. (laughs) I've got to hit the streets. I'm so glad I put you in this role instead of me. What? It's a character choice. What? All day, Bill's mind went back and forth. Name, costume name, costume. He finally realized that he didn't really have much of a choice in what his costume was going to be. It wasn't like the comics where it wasn't like the comics where he could walk down to Avengers Outfitters or Xavier's home for soon to be dead people and choose something off the rack. Or Black Widow's secrets. <laughs> Somebody make that a thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Bill was going to be stuck with whatever protection and equipment he could afford from the sporting goods and Army-Navy surplus stores. He did know that he wouldn't end up with any sort of cape, because, really, where would he buy it? No capes. Oh my gosh! (laughs) We all said it. No capes! So that left Bill with what to call himself. Captain Bill. Too piratical. The Walking Dead. Two cable television. <laughs> Dead man. Two copy written. <laughs> Different names bounced through his head as he went through the motions of clearing up his workload. After work, Night Stalker. No, too dark. Raced to the various stores to pick up his supplies. He blanched a little at the cost, but then shrugged. He'd be dead before the bill came due. Bill's costume ended up consisting of padded sparring gear for his head and chest, a hockey mask for his face, and skateboarding pads for his elbows, knees, and shins. (laughs) Captain Fantastic, no, too bland, looked in the mirror. The reflection looked like a cross between a ninja and a rock'em sock'em robot, but Bill didn't care. He could already hear the women he'd rescue swooning and calling out, My hero! as he raced away from the scene under cover of night. Night Bat! 
No, wrong image. <laughs> Grabbed his new aluminum baseball bat and headed for the rooftops after checking to make sure the coast was clear, of course. The city's newest protector paced around the roof of his building. No suspicious activity on each of the four sides. Since it was a quiet night, Bill decided to go on patrol. He raced to the edge of the roof, leapt for the other side, and crashed into the fire escape about two floors down. (laughs) The roof man, no, not heroic, pulled himself up and sat there dazed. What happened? This was definitely not as easy as the comics made it look. Maybe he should start patrolling from the street level instead. (laughs) As he got himself to his feet, the night crasher, appropriate but not really heroic, (laughs) heard what could only be a cry of distress from the ground below. He leapt into action, racing down the fire escape, lost my place in the queue, there we go, and heading towards the back of the alley. There, the city savior, no, too religious, saw a man attacking a woman. He had her pinned against the wall and was ripping at her clothes. Unhand that woman, you jerk, the hero said, moving forward with bat held high. What? The man whipped around in time to catch the hero's blow low on his shoulder. Ow! What the heck is wrong with you, pal? I said back away, criminal. The hoodlum did, backing away with his hands held high. I wasn't doing nothing. The hero advanced, swinging again. I saw you attack this woman, and now you will pay. (laughs) The hero was stunned by a sudden blow to the back of his head. Ow! (laughs) The woman he had just saved had attacked him, and instead of calling him a hero, was shouting profanities at him. You freak! We was just getting a little make-out time together. (laughs) This is the only place we can get away from my folks, and you ruined it! You tell them, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Bill was confused. But... But saw the man was now advancing on him with a board he had picked up. Retreat seemed to be best, if not most heroic option. Super dork, or so he felt, fled the alley dodging insults, profanities, and the occasional rock. Back in your box, Harley. (laughs) Dude. Creatively erect then. Hey now. Hey now. Welcome to Melting Pot After Dark. (laughs) The next night, the Smasher, now too criminal, started off on the street, moving as stealthily as possible, which wasn't very, from back alley to back alley. It was slow and the night was half over before he ran into a crime. Four young men were beating on a middle-aged man, tossing him back and forth between them. Gangbuster, no, two 1940s, watched for a minute to be sure. Then, spurred on by the man's sobs, waded into the fray, bat in hand. Back, you beasts! He cried, knocking the first ruffian aside. The victim scrambled away as the remaining thugs quickly turned on the hero, quickly turning the tide. They dodged his swings until they were able to rip the bat away, and then they set on him in full force. 
A long time later, a barely conscious Captain Battered <laughs> crawled his way back into his apartment. Wincing in pain with every motion, the hero pulled himself along the floor, heading for the bathroom. He was stopped halfway by a curtain of black fabric draped across his living room floor. He slowly lifted his head, following the curtain upward. The curtain was attached to some sleeves, which were attached to a cowl. A robe? What was a robe doing in his apartment? Oh, good heavens, he heard the hood say. Like a drop of oil on water, the black of the robe started filling the rest of his vision. Through the darkness, he barely could make out the robed figure bending down and touching his forehead. There was a tingling sensation, and then, like a movie in reverse, the blackness receded from his vision. He still hurt. Wow, did he hurt. But he didn't feel on the brink of losing consciousness anymore. Bill sat back and looked up at the robed figure above him. After touching him, the figure had returned to standing in perfect stillness. If he hadn't seen it move and felt it touch him, Bill wouldn't have thought the figure was even alive. But since it was... Who are you? Bill swallowed. Are you... Are you death? You are William Bastian, born November 3rd, 2018 in St. Augustine's Hospital. The voice coming from the hood was musical, but had an odd quality to it, as if the hood were a tunnel that the sound echoed down. Starting to tremble, Bill acknowledged that he was the person that the figure was asking about. The figure continued. Please provide your birth certificate. The figure intoned. Death needed a birth certificate? <laughs> Bill staggered to his feet and retrieved his birth certificate from his briefcase. Thankfully, he had not gotten the chance to give it to the HR department. Hands reached out from the shadowed sleeves and took the certificate from him. Bill was caught by the delicate, feminine appearance of those hands. There was even a pretty amethyst ring on the right hand's little finger. Death wore jewelry? I... I Bill stammered. I thought your hands were supposed to be all bones. The figure lifted one of its hands to the cowl. Bill could have sworn he heard a soft... Damn. And the robe almost seemed to deflate. You're not really death, are you? Bill asked. Not really. The cowl came down, revealing the face of a pretty middle-aged woman. I'm actually Death's intern. <laughs> Death has an intern. Bill actually said that aloud. Oh, yes. The woman nodded. The position of Death requires training and experience. So, like most companies, Mortal Coil Industries offers internships... Though they do last a lot longer than most. I've been with the company for a little over 20 years. As you can see... She added ruefully, gesturing at her hands. I still have a lot to learn. So what are you doing here? I'm here for your birth certificate. The intern indicated the paper in, his, in her hand. I was trying to get it before you got home, but I wasn't able to. Then I forgot to disguise my hands, and you busted me. But why do you need my birth certificate? Bill and the intern sat in his living room across the couch from each other. <laughs> you really never should have had it in the first place. The intern explained. When a child is born, we record the child's birth date, but we also record their death date. 
That way death knows when to come back for them. Normally it's a more experienced representative that makes these rounds. Unfortunately, the day you were born, there was also a large rash of deaths in emergency rooms in your hospital. Something about people getting superpowers unexpectedly and getting into accidents. I think there was some sort of special cornbread or cheese at fault. I don't really remember. Bill's head was swimming from more than the blows that he'd taken. Death was a corporation. Death had representatives. He brought his attention back to the conversation. The intern was continuing her explanation. It was my first day on the job. I remember being extremely nervous. A nurse came into the nursery and I almost ran away. I was so nervous that I can't even tell you how many death certificates I made typos on. Then to make things even worse, I dropped one. Yours, it turned out. So that's not my birth certificate, Bill started. It's your death certificate, the intern finished. And it's wrong. Wrong? (laughs) Yes. Like I said, I made a lot of errors back then. (laughs) I've spent years tracking them all down. (laughs) The year on your certificate is totally incorrect. I was hoping to get it from the hospital before anyone noticed the death date was even on the certificate. But then I found out that you already had a copy. And then on top of that, I found out that you had changed your life based on the erroneous date. Since I I didn't have much time left, I thought I'd live the rest of it the way I always wanted to. I can appreciate that. But you actually have much longer than you thought. As I explained, the death date on your certificate is incorrect. What's the correct date? Oh. The intern looked shocked. I can't tell you that. It's against corporate policy to let people know their death dates, as it would it, it could have disastrous effect on society. Some people would give up. Some would live more extremely. It would be <laughs> chaos. Just look at what's happened to you. Yes, Bill muttered. What have I done? Due to this being our error, death has authorized me to help you correct some of the more negative effects this has had. Since I saved you from dying when you first crawled home, I think we can say that obligation has been fulfilled. Have there been any other negative effects from your experience with your death certificate? Can you help me pay for the equipment I bought? I am afraid not. The intern said. <laughs> Mortal Coil Incorporated is a nonprofit organization, <laughs> and we do not have much of an operating budget. Oh. Well, if that's all. The intern got up, brushing off her robes. Thank you for understanding. I apologize for any inconvenience this has caused. Death's intern put out her hand, and, head still reeling, Bill shook it. The intern left the apartment, leaving Bill to lick his wounds and worry about his future. Now that he wasn't going to die next week, should he continue his life as a superhero? It's not like he was really very super at it. Bill looked at the mirror. Was this the end of Captain... whatever? (laughs) Bill smiled. Probably not. Just because he didn't know when he was going to die didn't mean he shouldn't still live life the way he always wanted to. But maybe he would take some martial arts classes first. So special thanks to Dave Robinson, T. Morris, Christian Ellis, and Spence. I mean, everybody. Yes, that was everybody. For, uh, for lending their voices to that main ingredient story. You don't have to keep sitting up here if you want to, but if you do, I mean, hey, your company, so it's great. <laughs> Go ahead. 
Okay, so Erin, what's next on our docket? Well, we have ourselves a little mystery meal oh, here. Oh, God. We are going to eviscerate some fiction. <laughs> who, who here knows what a mystery meal is, at least as far as we do it? You want to explain? All right, a mystery meal is we take a scene from well-known literature, oh. usually classic, sometimes not, and uh, we turn it into a Mad Lib. Last year for, for um, TMP Live, we did Green Eggs and Ham. And somebody gave me the adjective green <laughs> in the perfect spot, yeah. and I used it. <laughs> so she is going to be, we're, just shout them out. Just shout out what she and wants. And if you don't give me enough suggestions, I'll start doing what we do at Dirty Mad Libs and go around the room and you will be forced. <laughs> what is she doing there? Yeah. I have the box of doom. This is full of nerdy junk that is all brand new that we have no use for. If you want a piece of junk, I to raise your hand and I will bring you something. <laughs> Seriously. All right. Go so I need a number. 69. Okay, 69. Duh. I like This is not that. after hours, <laughs> though it would be hilarious <laughs> if you gave me dirty stuff. Um, relative. Mother. Mother. We have a lot of this stuff in our grab bag, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know how this works. Although, I, although I kept the Rossinati. Need a noun. Bananas. Bananas. Just shout. Oh, you're. you're An animal. Cheetah. <laughs> we have gravity right here, guys. <laughs> We're good. Gravity works. Right. A length of time. Four years. You say what? Four years. Four years. This is going to be so much fun. <laughs> Another noun. Sewer. <laughs> Celebrity. Oh. Mark Wahlberg. Whoa, oh, I heard a lot of them. T. Morris. Okay. No. <laughs> done and no. done. Part. I prefer the term web liberty. <laughs> All right, a vehicle. A motorcycle. A PT cruiser. Okay, that's funny. I'm going with PT. A verb ending in ing. I guess you're old enough I can well, take that, that from you now. Yeah. Hey, she said 69. I can. Uh, it's a number. We'll just, we'll just put a language warning on this. Uh, verb ending in ED. Oozed. Oozed. I like that Oost. one. Real quick, who here wears an XL t shirt and wants one? Another verb ending in ED. Scan. Well, that was Scan. Ooh, I like that one. Yep. Who else? I might right. you again. I'm Another relative. <laughs> <laughs> third cousin twice removed. Third cousin. Did you know I was going to say third cousin? Yes. <laughs> the sisterhood of the traveling thoughts. Mind. <laughs> I said thoughts. Oh my God. All right. Verb ending in ED. Swim back. What was the first one I heard? Smacked. Okay. Yes. Okay, verb ending in ing. Soaking. Okay. It's called the Good. Wander Wing, Good. Spence. Good. It's what? called the Wander Wing. Now. It's from Destiny 2. Tongue. Yes. What's it? Tongue. 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 It's a spaceship. This actually closes now, Aaron. <laughs> verb ending in ing. Docking. Drinking. Docking. Drinking. I heard drinking. <laughs> I brought that shirt with me. Did you want anything? 
Adjective. If you got Destiny stuff in there, bring it on. Fuzzy. 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 Yes. But was he a bear? Because he was he had no hair. Yes. Was he? Yes. Okay, food. Smart meat. Holy hell. What? <laughs> they have opinions on food. <laughs> what? This is the one at a time. Food. Martial arts. Hot dog. Hot, hot dog. That's what I heard. I Okay, special occasion. Birthday. Divorce. <laughs> wow. Wow. Ooh, got dirt. <laughs> okay. Adverb. Swimmingly. Okay. As in, this divorce is going on. Swimmingly. <laughs> An article of clothing, plural. G-strings? The extra dollar t-shirt I just made some G-strings. G-strings. You guys realize yeah, I have to read this, right? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. I was going to What's eat. your point? Animal. Sloth. Uh, <laughs> Sloth and G-strings. Sloth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that's Pokemon. Yeah. That, they're animals. Plural yeah. noun. Okay. Class. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. Uh, oh, this is going to be great. I like bourbon. That's the thing. Noun. Ferret. I need another one. Microphones. Microphone. Strapped right. to the back of a ferret. <laughs> Going through a divorce. <laughs> Swimmingly. Swimmingly. <laughs> Verb ending in ing. Exhausting. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I need another one of those. Lurking. Lurking? Lurking. Lurking. The lurking ferret with the microphone on its back is going through the horse sweeping. But, he's but wearing, it's exhausting. But he's wearing a G-string. Oh, All right. Adjective. Lascivious. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I need another one. <laughs> I need another one. Another <laughs> adjective. Glistening. Glistening. Wait, that's a wow. verb. Is this like Dirty Man Lips? This is something. This is coming coming this a place. Shangri-La. I heard Balticon. Balticon. Yeah, I like that. We're on the last half page. A number. 35. Adjective. Blue. Okay. Body part plural. Toes. I heard toes. Thank you. Keep it PG. A color. Orange. <laughs> Orange toes. Is that again what it's supposed to be? Yes. Second year in a row, green is where it's supposed to be in the real text, guys. I hate you. Uh, body part. Easy. Sounds dirty, but it's not. <laughs> Sounds dirty, but it's But not. I need another one. Epididymis. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I don't know what that is. I, I hope I spelled it right. But... Vehicle. You go. <laughs> <laughs> you go. Hey, you go. You go. You go. <laughs> Adjective. Bumpy. <laughs> bumpy, you go. I like my oatmeal lumpy. I'm funky. <laughs> <laughs> Verb ending in ed. Swamped. And an exclamation. Dead you hot too hot. I've been bombarded. What? Drat. 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 Good 
Cursed. PG. Alrighty. So, Gus, would you like to tell them what scene they have just destroyed? This is from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. By J.K. Rowling. This is the scene where we actually first meet Harry after he's a baby. Coming out of the cupboard. Closet. Cupboard. No, he's not a baby anymore. He's nearly 69 years had passed. (laughs) Since the Dursleys had woken up to find their mother on the front step. But Privet Drive had hardly changed at all. The banana rose on the same <laughs> the banana rose on the same tidy front gardens and lit up the brass number four on the Dursleys' front door. It crept into their living room, which was almost exactly the same as it had been on the night when Mr. Dursley had seen that fateful news report about the cheetahs. <laughs> Only the photographs on the mantelpiece really showed how much time had passed. Four years ago, there had been lots of pictures of what looked like a large pink sewer. wearing different colored bonnets but T. Morris was no longer a baby (laughs) (laughs) I'm the boy who lives (laughs) (laughs) and now and now the photograph showed a large blonde boy riding his first PT cruiser Carousel at the fair. <laughs> that G string's coming up, isn't it? That G string's coming up, isn't it? Fucking a computer game. What? Fucking a computer game with his father. There you go. You're welcome. Being oozed and scanned by his mother. I'm halfway through the first page, guys. The room, the room held no sign at all that another boy lived in the house, too. Yet Harry Potter was still there, asleep at the moment, but not for long. His third cousin, twice removed, Petunia, was awake, and it was her shrill voice that made the first noise of the day. Up! Get up! Now! Harry smacked with a start. His aunt rapped on the door again. Up, she screeched. Harry heard her soaking toward the kitchen. And then the sound of the frying pan being put on the tongue. (laughs) He rolled onto his back and tried to remember the dream he had been having. It was a good one. There had been a drinking motorcycle in it. (laughs) He had a fuzzy feeling he'd had the same dream before. His aunt was back outside the door. Are you up yet? She demanded. Nearly, said Harry. Well, get a move on. I want you to look after the hot dog. (laughs) And don't you dare let it burn. I want everything perfect on Duddy's divorce. (laughs) Harry groaned. What did you say? His aunt snapped through the door. Nothing, nothing. Dudley's birthday. How could he have forgotten? Harry got swimmingly out of bed and started looking for (laughs) G-strings. Dudley's a freak. (laughs) He found a pair under his bed. Hey now! (laughs) And after pulling a sloth off one of them, put them on. (laughs) Harry was used to sloths because the cupboard under the stairs was full of them. And that that was where he slept. (laughs) 
When he was dressed, he went down the hall to the kitchen. The table was almost hidden beneath all Dudley's birthday flasks. <laughs> yes! Wait a He's a freak and a lush. It looked as though Dudley had gotten the new ferret he wanted. <laughs> Not to mention the second microphone and the exhausting bike. <laughs> it's called a motorcycle, people. <laughs> exactly why Dudley wanted a racing bike was a mystery to Harry, as Dudley was very lascivious and hated exercise. <laughs> Unless, of course, it involved lurking somebody. <laughs> Dudley's favorite punching bag was Harry, but he couldn't often catch him. Harry didn't look it, but he was very fast. Perhaps it had something to do with living in a dark Balticon. <laughs> After dark Balticon. But Harry had always been small and skinny for his age. He looked even smaller and skinnier than he really was because all he had to wear were glistening clothes of Dudley's. And, and Dudley was about 35 times bigger than he was. <laughs> Harry had a blue face, knobbly toes, black hair, and bright green eyes. My fault. Second year in a row we've had green in the right place. Anyway, he wore round glasses held together with a lot of scotch tape because of all the times Dudley had punched him on the uvula. <laughs> That's not very That's the other kind of throw punch. <laughs> The only thing Harry liked about his own appearance was a very thin scar on his epididymis <laughs> that was shaped like a bolt of lightning. <laughs> he had had it as long as he could remember, and the first question he could ever remember asking his Aunt Petunia was how he had gotten it. In the Yugo accident crash where your parents died, she had said, and don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. That was the first rule for a bumpy life with the Dursleys. <laughs> Uncle Vernon swamped the kitchen as Harry was turning over the bacon. Drat, he barked, by way of a morning greeting. <laughs> I think I can say it now. Fucking a computer game with his father. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Just in the moment, I couldn't... Oh, my God, guys. Wow. Okay, so that's a... That's this a mystery is what happens break. when you invite people after eating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I, I am so pleased. So we are down to about 12 minutes. We wanted to try and do either a short order cook or a what boils my pot segment, but I'm not sure if we really have enough time. Probably not. Yeah. Q&A? Yeah, so we, if we have any Q&A for us about the podcast, about whatever. How often do you guys post? Um, we post twice a month. It's on the 1st and the 15th. It should be on the 16th, but I'm weird. Um, well. Yeah, but you can find yeah. us on uh, iTunes. <laughs> Um, Podbean, iTunes, Podbean. Yeah, that's the. Yeah. If, you, if you join their Facebook group, you can participate. In yeah, the, we in the uh, yeah the mystery. Yeah, Twitter. we do. Yeah, we do the mystery meals. We post on our Facebook group and on Twitter, just saying, "Hey, we need adjectives. You comment, and we throw them in, and then we record them." Theo usually reads them. That's Theo. That's that's the husband no one believes exists because he hasn't been to Balticon yeah. yet. This is always my happiness because I get to actually read these here. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just the one filling them out. Um, let's see what else we got. There's okay. So iTunes. What can they do on iTunes? They can give us seventy stars. <laughs> um, that's tough. Thanks. Yes. Yeah, so go on iTunes, give us a review, it actually really does help. Um, Patreon.com slash AFGrappin. You can support us and get other swag besides this stuff that actually has like our faces on them. <laughs> oh! Oh! Thank you. 
Um, but yeah, you can get t-shirts. Um, you can actually request specific scenes for Mystery Meals. You can suggest prompts. If you are a supporter at a certain level for a certain amount of time, you become an official member of the podcast crew and get a title. You know, like head chef. Grill mistress. Dish boy. We're looking for a saucier. So <laughs> Would be nice. Bench. I know! <laughs> I was thinking the same thing! <laughs> um, and there's also our swag shop at shop.spreadshirt.com slash podcast, where you can just buy swag. We have aprons that say lexiconosaur on them, buttons with my lovely face on them, but it's a cartoon, so it's not this ugly. And my lovelier face. <laughs> and there's no elf ears. Um, so if you want to have your work read on our show, we accept stories of 1,500 words or fewer based on one of our prompts. Our two currently open prompts are... Prompt number 15. There is an expiration date for your birth certificate. It's only a few days away. And prompt number 16. The sounds on top of the roof suddenly stopped. Ooh. Uh, we also accept short stories of up to 5,000 words on any topic. No erotica, please. That's fun. Because obviously I can't read that kind of story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do have other segments besides just the mystery meal and the main ingredient. You know, we have the flash fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, we have what we call our short order cook, where somebody emails us a, a story prompt and topic. We have five minutes to craft and tell a story right there in that recording session yep. with no preparation ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the What Boils My Pot, which is where I rant about literary tropes and grammatical, anything word like crimes. that. So word crimes. word crimes. So we're always up for suggestions on those. Um, um, we, we are wanting to start a segment called The Pot Roast, <laughs> where, say, we talk about Spence. And just roast the crap out of it. <laughs> Which means that we would need dirt from you guys as well. So, so that would be a so, sort of thing where we So we could audience. potentially put out a call and say, hey, we need dirt on Starla Hutch that we can laugh about. <laughs> oh, don't, no, don't. <laughs> just say, we would like to start she that. Will end you. Um, we also, we also. Will, will, the, will these submissions be anonymous? Yeah. Or yeah. can she trace them oh, yeah. back to us? We'll, we'll make them anonymous. Okay. Um, we also do review, we have the, our. Um, Food critic segment where I review a book or a podcast or something along those lines. So submit those to me, and then we'll gladly review them. And we have a little seasoning where we interview someone. Mm-hmm. So, so if you have something you would like to be interviewed about, something you'd like to have that put out there, give us a ping. We can Skype. We can do all of that and get you out there on something mm-hmm. if you'd like to promote it. So do we have any other questions before we completely wrap this up or any, you know? food references but you're making me hungry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're always hungry when we're recording like, oh I know it's, it's the corn and then, uh, I'm hungry yeah now. there's a running gag about corn it's just I, well, I still it's don't understand I, it's because I'm from Indiana and it's all about the corn sure. <laughs> all about the corn have you considered having the very end of it be the burrito because you wrap everything up uh, that's really funny because one of my email addresses is El Burrito <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you think Oh, sweet. Oh, sweet, sweet baby baby. honey. (laughs) (laughs) So, in short, send us stuff. Send us stuff. We need need stuff. If we don't have stuff, we don't have a podcast to entertain you guys. Yes. Yes. Send stuff, they will immortalize it in audio. We've had someone send us a webcomic. Yeah, so we can put up That doesn't work on audio, but it went up on the website. I mean, and it was based on one of the prompts, so that was cool. Yep. Yeah. Send us songs. Yes, I we will sing. attempt to sing. <laughs> Theo is the best singer. He's he's kind of baritone. <laughs> so send us stuff. And we'll use it to feed the masses. Yay. And...
Thank you for listening to The Melting Podcast. You can check out our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Melting Podcast. Or you can email us themeltingpodcast at gmail.com. The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you're free to copy it and share it as long as you don't change it, don't sell it, and always link back to the website. Sound effects are by the Free Sound Project. And our theme is by Drew Rich Creek.